This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Hey guys, it's Sunday and you are joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. All right, we are talking boundaries tonight. Why are boundaries so important in relationship? This week on the Dating and Relationship Show, my guest, Melissa Urban, is going to be laying it all out for us as to why you should be setting boundaries. And I am also a huge fan when it comes to setting boundaries in relationships. Melissa is the CEO of Whole30 and an authority on helping people create lifelong healthy habits. She is a six-time New York best-selling author. Wow, six times. I can't even make it to one. <laughs> Her newest release, The Book of Boundaries, is now available. And tonight, we're going to be discussing what boundaries and relationships look like, why you should be uh, paying attention to them, and how to hold on to them very strongly. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. Of course. Now, let's dive right in. What exactly are boundaries and why are they so important? Yeah, so I define boundaries as limits that you set around how you allow other people to engage with you. So I think a common misconception is that boundaries are about telling other people what to do or controlling other people, and that's not the case. Boundaries are not about telling other people what to do. They're about telling other people what you will do to keep yourself safe and healthy, and to improve the relationship. And boundaries are really the key to making sure that we are not walking around all day, every day, feeling burned out, resentful, anxious, stressed out, dreading certain interactions, feeling like we don't have control of our energy, our time, our money, our personal space. They really are a gift, an invitation to the people in your life to say, I want you in my life. And here's how we can engage in a way that makes both of us feel really good. I love it. And uh, you have a little backstory when it comes to boundaries. So tell us a little bit about your journey with boundaries and why you decided to write this book. Yeah. I mean, the first boundary I ever set was quite literally a matter of life and death for me. I was in recovery for my drug addiction for the second time, the first time I relapsed. And I found myself at a party that I didn't belong at with people I didn't know in a space that felt very unsafe. And it felt like my relapse all over again. And in an absolute moment of desperation and fear for my recovery, an honest to God boundary tumbled out of my mouth. And I said to my friend, I can't be here. This is not safe for me. I need to leave. And up until that point, I was really afraid that setting boundaries, talking about what I needed, how I was feeling, you know, even just asking for help was going to make my life really small. I felt like people were going to exclude me. I felt like it was going to feel like I was pushing people away with a wall. And so I was really nervous about asking for what I needed. And what I discovered in that moment was that boundaries were really the key to opening up all of my relationships. All of my friendships became more open, more trusting, more respectful. I felt like I had so much freedom in my recovery and I was able to now go on and set limits that really protected my recovery. And that was 22 years ago. So I've been talking about boundaries really since 2009, since I co-founded the Whole30 program, which is a 30-day elimination program. But my personal journey 
started a very long time ago when I recognized that boundaries were going to be the key to making my life bigger than I ever imagined. Oh, oh my goodness. I love that. You've been in remission for 22 years. Yeah. Recovery. Absolutely. I sure have. Kudos to you, girl. I know that, you you know, having friends that uh, have addiction issues, that's really, really difficult to do. And the fact that you've actually gone on to, to write six best-selling authors, I think you're my new hero. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So what are some of the benefits, let's say, of setting boundaries in different areas of your life? And, you know, we're going to talk about setting boundaries in relationships soon, but then we're also going to get into other sort of boundaries. I think boundaries can look different in all sorts of different areas. So why or what are some of the benefits of of this setting boundaries in different areas of your life? I mean, I think at the heart. What a boundary says is my needs count. My feelings count. My needs and my comfort and my feelings are just as important as everyone else's. And I deserve to protect my time, my energy, my capacity, my physical space, my finances, my mental health. I deserve to protect those. And so boundaries are really a tremendous act of self-care that remind us of our worth and value and reconnect us to our bodies and our feelings and our needs in a way that perhaps systemic influences from the patriarchy and stereotypically rigid gender roles and diet culture and religious influences have taught us not to do in the past. So I think it's an incredibly powerful practice that can form the foundation for all of your healthy habits, any health practice, wellness practice, relationship that you want to begin, boundaries can be at the key. They're also incredibly important for helping us protect our time and energy and mental health and capacity. If we are always looking to other people to tell us what to do, where to give, how much to give, how to show up, we will quickly become energetically depleted and exhausted and burned out and resentful. So boundaries are a practice that help us preserve and protect the things that are really important to us while keeping people in our lives in a way that really works well for us. Mm -hmm. Why do you think so many people have problems setting boundaries? I think when I was younger, I did have an issue with this. My fear was that I wasn't going to be accepted or um, the person that I was dating at that time would just walk away. Right. So uh, that's what my fear was. But what are some of the other fears that people have and and why they don't set these boundaries for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, especially for women that we have been conditioned again by all those systemic and societal factors that I talked about to not have needs and to put everyone else's needs and comfort above our own. And when we do have needs and express them, we are told that we are selfish or the B word or other names that I will not the B word. On your show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can say the so, B word on the show. We may be able to, but I don't think so. But I, I won't say it, but between, I think people can read between yeah. the lines. <laughs> you can imagine all of the names that, you know, I've been called when I've stood up for myself in public situations. So I think that we've all been conditioned to be small and be compliant and not have needs and put everyone else's needs above our own. So I think it can feel intimidating to sort of break that stereotype and unlearn that behavior. I'll also say that setting boundaries is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to advocate for your needs. It's uncomfortable to point out the ways in which people's behavior, whether they intended to or not, might be harmful or overstepping or, you know, pushy. So 
I think that people are uncomfortable setting boundaries, uncomfortable checking in with their feelings and asking for what they need. But I gently point out in these circumstances that like what you're already doing now is uncomfortable. Um, swallowing your feelings, pretending like you're not upset about it, letting other people walk all over you, always saying yes, even when you don't want to, walking around feeling resentful or angry or or anxious or dreading certain interactions, that's uncomfortable too. And setting the boundary is a you know, with a clear, kind sentence or two is one path that actually leads you to freedom in all of those areas and improving the relationship. And the other uncomfortable path just keeps you stuck in this cycle of resentment and dread and stress and anxiety. So I would choose the uncomfortable path that actually leads you to progress. I think as well, people don't like confrontation. I am not a fan of confrontation either. And um, so I had to work on that growing up and I'm, I'm a little better at it now. But uh, that was one thing that held me back from, from, you know, speaking up when it came to my boundaries. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the misconceptions now around boundaries? I love that you just bring up, brought, I love that you just brought up this idea of confrontation because I do think that we go into these boundary conver- uh, conversations assuming that it's going to be this battle. And we go in thinking, we're going to share our boundary and the other person is going to hate it. They're going to react terribly. They're going to push back. They're not going to want to do it. And so we go geared up, like ready to fight for these conversations. And most of the time, I'll be honest, or more time than you might imagine, it actually goes quite simply. So I'll give you an example. I had to set a boundary with my mom before she came to visit one year. And I was talking to my sister on the phone and I said, um, you know, I've got to set this boundary with mom. She's not going to like it. She's going to be angry. She's going to get all quiet on me. And my sister said, you don't know that. Give her the benefit of the doubt. So I get on the phone with my mom and I said, mom, I set the boundary. And she goes, okay. And then we moved on with the conversation. So I do think one of the common misconceptions is that it's always going to be confrontational and it's only going to go poorly. But I like to encourage people to remember that very often the person just didn't realize that you had a limit or that they were overstepping and they want to show up in your life in a way that feels good and comfortable to you. So always assume the best when you head into these conversations. Don't automatically assume that it's always going to be confrontational or it's always going to go poorly. Right. And people will respect you more when you um, show up for yourself and when you set those boundaries. It's break time. We'll be back soon to chat about why it's important to set boundaries in early relationships. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, joined by my guest, Melissa Urban. Getting back into our chat now on how to set boundaries when dating in early relationships. Now, when it comes to dating, setting boundaries early on is so, so important. And that's what we're speaking about today. Boundaries, what they do is they set the basic guidelines for how a person wants to be treated. And they are so essential. And I will emphasize essential for our own mental health and self-esteem. And basically, we need to teach people how to treat us. The behavior uh, that we will and will not accept So dating can cause a lot of hurt and suffering. And a lot of people, they experience heartbreak, especially when we keep choosing the wrong people. However, I feel that dating isn't always the problem. 
I think that people are the problem. <laughs> this is why we need to establish healthy emotional boundaries in dating and in early relationships that will prevent heartbreaks and also help us find the right person sooner. What are some other reasons why setting boundaries in early relationships uh, is so important, Melissa? Yeah. So I think for one, setting boundaries early in a relationship sets the tone for the entire relationship. Yes. So it says, I am willing to take responsibility for my own feelings and needs, which is incredibly sexy, by the way. When a partner shows up and says, I don't expect you to guess my needs or read my mind, or I'm not going to behave passive aggressively and hope you understand the situation. I'm not going to dump my feelings onto you and expect you to fix them or carry them or navigate them. I'm taking responsibility for my own feelings and needs, and I am going to communicate that clearly and kindly to you. I think that is an incredibly effective way to begin a relationship. It sets the standard for clear, kind communication, saying what you mean and trusting your partner to do the same. I also think setting boundaries early in a relationship, like I am talking first date, can be an incredible- <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about some of those. Yeah, but it can be an, an awesome litmus test for whether or not this person is the right person for you. Because if you set a simple boundary early on and they push back or they argue with you or they peer pressure with you, that is a really big red flag. And I would rather know that earlier rather than later. Uh-huh. I totally agree. I was going to say that, uh, you know, uh, I, that people get confused. They're afraid to set early boundaries for the fear of losing the interest of that person. But you're right. If that person doesn't respect your boundaries, that is a huge red flag. If they don't respect you now, do you really think they're going to respect you later on? <laughs> no. Yes. And I don't want to be in a relationship. If the only way I can be in the relationship is to show up the way that person expects me to show up. That's not a healthy dynamic. That's not a sustainable dynamic. I want to show up as my fullest self. And that's how I'm going to meet the person that's right for me by showing up exactly how I am, talking about my feelings and my needs, advocating for myself and waiting for the person who is willing to accept all of that and respond in kind, not showing up in a way where I have to hide pieces of myself or keep myself small. I don't want to be in that relationship. Me neither. And dating is a much better experience too when you're very clear about your values and your preferences. Okay, let's talk about some of the common boundaries that people should be putting in place in early relationships. And we can also probably cover if we should talk about this like on the first date or not, <laughs> or second date, you know, early, early on. Yeah. And when we should start having these conversations. You know, I, I, let's talk about money, for example, because I, I feel that talking about money early can feel weird, right? And I, it can, it really can, but it's, I think it's for the best. If you go on dates a lot, um, otherwise you may feel awkward. How do you feel about that? You know, like who's picking up the tab most of the time, some people yeah. don't feel comfortable with, with paying at all. Like these, you should be having these conversations. What do you think? I think you absolutely can, especially as a woman, I think it's perfectly appropriate even before the date to say, hey, you know, yes, I would love to meet you for coffee. Thanks for asking. Just so you know, I'm going to pay for myself. I really prefer to, you know, not feel like I'm indebted to anybody on a first date. Are you comfortable with that? And see what they say. If the answer is no, I'm not comfortable with it. I would say that's a red flag. This is not a big deal. Like, let me just pay for my own coffee. So I think that's a wonderful conversation to have early on. Another one that I think is really important to have is if there are certain values or preferences, like for example, if you don't drink alcohol, I think way before you go on the date, that's something that you absolutely need to bring up. Yeah, I would love to meet you for a drink just so you know I don't drink alcohol, so I'll be ordering sparkling water with lemon. 
and wait and see what happens. If there's any peer pressure, if there's any ridicule, if there's anything other than either absolute acceptance and respect or genuine curiosity, well, that's interesting. Tell me more about why you're not drinking and how that's benefiting you. If it's anything other than that, that should also be a red flag. So those are some expectations that you can set early on so that you don't get into the middle of your first date and find yourself in an uncomfortable position where you have to advocate for yourself on the fly and maybe they feel defensive and you know you don't want to be in that position. I agree. Uh, Communication is another big one. How do you want to communicate? When and how often do you want to communicate? Maybe you're okay with, with texting, but you're not okay with somebody texting you all day long because you're working, for example. Um, how do you feel about the communication? Absolutely. It's funny when my husband and I first started dating, I was like, you can text me all day long. I will reply <laughs> when I can. If I don't reply right away, it's not personal. I, and I don't expect you to reply right away. And also like, don't, you're never going to call me unless someone died. You're never going to pick up the phone and call me. I really hate the telephone. That's not the way I want to communicate. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And obviously, you know, the more we, the more time we spent together, the more flexible we became in that. But I kind of jokingly set some boundaries really early on and he was very comfortable with that. So I think that's a really great way. The other thing is, you know, if you have kids, you may want to say upfront as I did, just so you know, like I have a son and my son comes first. So I want you to know that, you know, should we ever have a date planned and something happens with my son? I'm going to cancel the date. My son comes first. And I just need you to know that up front. Or I have a policy that nobody I'm dating meets my son until we've hit a specific, you know, milestone or mile mark. And that's not personal. That's just for, you know, my son's health and my family's protection. And I just want to let you know that up front. Yes. I like that one too. And yeah. past lives, like the life you had with your ex, for example, uh, speak about this, you know, this way, the both of you know, what the other person is comfortable or not comfortable talking about. That's a good one as well. And that is, it's not something that maybe you should bring up right away. Like uh, unless somebody is actually bringing up your ex or their ex right away. I don't feel comfortable talking about exes on a first or second date. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that you should go there. I think the, the first few dates should be light and, and just like, hey, let's get to know each other here first. Let's not really talk about our past too much. Yeah, I think what what is coming to mind now, which I think is such a great point, is that it is not your job as my date to guess my boundaries. If we're on a first date, you can ask me whatever you want to ask me. It's not your job to guess what I am and I'm not comfortable talking about. It is my job to let you know what I am and am not comfortable about. Because as you just said, some people might be more comfortable talking about it or in some contexts, it might be important. So a date might say to me, oh, do you have a relationship with your son's dad? Very innocuous question, kind of getting to what's your co-parenting relationship like? Do you get every other week off? Is that a you know amicable relationship? And I might feel really comfortable answering that or I might not. But I think the point is each person has to be responsible for their own boundaries and for communicating those limits clearly and kindly. And if somebody brings up a conversation topic, past sexual history or exes or how much money you make that you're just not comfortable talking about yet, <laughs> you have to be the one to say, I don't think I'm ready to talk about that yet. Or I don't think that's appropriate to share right now. How about personal space? Uh, things like I need to spend time with family and friends on the weekends. Uh, I like, I like time to myself, you know, some yes. evenings to work on projects. I, I like time by myself um, yes. you know, here and there. Like, I, I think those conversations are really important to have as well. 
so important. I'm so glad you brought that up. Again, when I started dating my husband, I said to him, I need alone time. Like most people need to breathe and it is not personal. It is not a rejection of you. It is not that I like, I don't like you enough to spend time with you. I just recharge by myself. So there will be nights where like you want to stay over and I'm going to say, no, I'm going to send you home because I need to sleep by myself. And so I think that is really important early on to talk about, you know, the way you want to spend time, the way you like to socialize. Do you like going out with big groups really often? Do you get energy from that? Would you rather socialize in smaller groups? Uh, you know, how, what about privacy? And, and, you know, do you want to follow each other on Instagram? If you have a private account, are you going to let them follow you? I mean, I think there are so many different conversations you can have so that speak many. to your values. Yeah. And I think it's great to have those conversations and feel each other out early to see whether or not those values and priorities and preferences are compatible. Mm -hmm. uh, work life as well. If, for example, your business requires you to travel a lot. Uh, I think this really needs to be discussed ahead of time just to avoid any insecurities or doubt. Oh, yes. I had a, before I met my husband, I dated a man for a little while and he knew my job. He knew that I traveled a ton. He knew I did a ton of media. He knew I had a public life. And at one point I was literally at the airport and he broke up with me via text. And he said, you're really hard to date. And let me tell you that comment stayed with me for a really long time until I figured out like hard for who maybe I'm hard for you, but I was really clear upfront about my values and my priorities and my, you know, work requirements. And I think it's really important not to let somebody else's response to your boundary, like not to take that personally. That yeah. wasn't about me. And I that think wasn't about me. That was about him. And he probably accepted it in the beginning, but then as he got closer to you, he thought, you know what? I don't like this. This doesn't work yeah. for me. And, and, and that's then, okay. or maybe he didn't, he wasn't really accepting of it in the beginning. He pretended to be, but he thought in his mind, well, you know what? Like I'll change that. You know, I guess like I'm really attracted to her. So, you know, you know, once we get closer, you know, I'll change, I'll try to change her. <laughs> Which is why it's so important. It's so important to check in with yourself and to know your own needs and feelings to have those minutes. So that if you do get into a situation where you feel like you're dating someone and they are trying to change you, that you're strong enough in your convictions and your values and your priorities and your purpose to say, I feel you trying to influence me. And that's not the direction I want to go. And if that's how this relationship is going to go, I don't think I want to stay in it. Mm -hmm. Also, sex is a big one, guys talking about sex, and this can look different for everybody. But what you know, the yeah. sex talk, very important. I think the condom conversation is a the really condom? good litmus test. Yep. Did you say the condom? The condom conversation. When I met my husband, again, I was like, here's the deal. We, you are wearing, a, you are going to wear a condom until and unless we both get STD tested and we swap results. I have an IUD. I don't need to worry about pregnancy, but until then you are wearing a condom. And then that was like, that was it. If there was any pushback, if there had been any kind of question, the relationship would have been over. You cannot mm -hmm. respect that my bare requirement to keep me safe. And I also didn't say, here's where you can go get tested. Here's the number to call. I was like, if you want to figure this out, you'll figure it out. And sure enough, the man showed up a week later with his test in hand saying, here you go. And we traded tests and that was it. But I think the like, you are going to wear a condom or this is not happening is a fantastic boundary to set early on and see how they react to that. I agree with all of this. It's time for us to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to be discussing what to do if your boundaries aren't being respected.
Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. We are back. It's Sunday night. You're listening to AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. Getting back to our chat with Melissa Urban on issues that can come up with your boundaries. Okie doke. So before the break, we were just chatting about sex and how important it is to set those boundaries. Uh, and, and that was something that I always uh, communicated very clearly at the beginning of any of my relationships. It's like, listen, I don't mind you hanging out at my place after maybe the third date, but we're not having sex right away. I don't have sex with guys that I don't really know. And I, if I if I feel that our relationship is not moving forward in the way I need it or want it to be, then I am not having sex with you. And guys respected me for that. And if a guy didn't, then see you later. Bye-bye. You know, you're not the right guy for me. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, boundaries really bring a sense of safety into the relationship such that you are both saying what you mean and trusting each other to do the same. And when you express a limit and the other person says, I hear you, I respect that. Now, all of a sudden, you really can feel that sense of safety in the relationship. So you can open up more. You can get more vulnerable with your new partner. You can get to know them better without wondering or feeling apprehensive that around every corner, they're going to be pressuring you to do something that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, communicating these boundaries with somebody new can be so challenging. And sometimes with a current partner too. Can you share some advice to help our listeners communicate boundaries clearly? Yes. So in order to set the boundary, you have to actually set the boundary. So eye rolling, making a joke about it, a passive aggressive comment, body language, making a face, none of those set a boundary. So (laughs) for example, um, I'm thinking about a romantic encounter where your partner is perhaps doing something around your house. Maybe they're tidying or cleaning or something. They're hanging out and you would rather they not. Please, you don't have to reorganize my space. I can imagine you saying something like, you don't have to do that, but that's not a boundary, right? What they're hearing is, oh, you don't have to do that. And they might say, oh, I don't mind. I really want to be helpful around the house. And instead you're thinking, but I would really rather you not. So my boundary frameworks is clear, kind communication. You have to actually set the boundary. What if it poses a problem though in the relationship? If, if, if somebody really wants to do something and you're not comfortable with it and you communicate that, but then they're saying, well, um, why? Like, just, just, I, I just need to know why. Yes. Like, so just tell me why. Yes. Like, well, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Well, well, but why? Can you just let me know why? You know, yes. and then okay. they carry this resentment. <laughs> so I think there's a difference between in the moment me saying, I'm not comfortable with that. And you saying, why? Why not? That does not feel like you are respecting my boundary. That feels like you are pushing against them. That feels like you are challenging them. Now, if I say in the moment, I'm not comfortable with that. And you say, okay. And then an hour or two later, when we're snuggling up on the couch, getting ready to watch a movie, you turn to me and say, hey, I'm really curious. You mentioned earlier on that you weren't comfortable with that. Is there anything else you'd like to share with me? That feels very different. That feels like in the moment, I'm willing to respect your boundary and I don't need a reason and I don't need an explanation. But in the spirit of making our relationship better and deepening our connection, I'm going to invite you to share more. And in that moment, I might be willing to share more if there's a backstory, if there's a reason, if there's an alternative, because you're posing it in such a collaborative and inquisitive way. So I think when they ask for explanation or how can make a really big difference, 
But if, you know, going back to your original question, what if it poses a problem? What if I say I'm not comfortable with that? And you say, I really need that in order to feel connected in a relationship. Then we are simply not compatible. And I would much rather know that upfront. Your boundary cannot tell someone else what to do. It only says, here's what I am willing to do. And if I am not willing to do that, and they are not willing to be in a relationship without that, then that simply means that we're not compatible and the relationship can't continue as is. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And and also let's give an example of, because this happens often as women, we get asked when we're dating, we get asked, well, first of all, we get pics, but then we get asked to send you know, racy photos. Can you send me some photos? Can you send, they, they usually ask like, send me a sexy pic or send me some sexy pics. And you may send one, obviously you're fully clothed and they'll, then they'll ask for more and more. <laughs> you're thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, well, listen, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. So how can we communicate that to these guys? Yeah. L- literally <laughs> just saying, no, I'm not comfortable with that. Right. Um, I think Again, it is not their job to guess your boundaries. And human nature is such that people will take as much as you are willing to give. So if they keep asking and you get to a point where you say, hey, what you are asking for, I'm not comfortable with that. You can literally just say, nope, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not taking my shirt off in a picture. No, I'm not sending you that kind of picture. That's not happening. You can literally just say that. And if they say, okay, cool, I totally understand. Great. Boundary respected. You have the capacity to hold that boundary because you will simply not send the photo. If they push back or if they continue to argue or if they continue to tell you all of the ways why you're now holding out on them, again, huge red flag. I've just told you I'm not comfortable. And the only acceptable response is, Mm -hmm. okay, I understand. Mm -hmm. Or I don't send pictures to anybody unless I'm having sex with them. Yeah. I just don't want my pictures, you know, loose on in the on the internet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just know that when you send pictures to guys that you hardly know and they're sexy pictures, a lot of them are distributing them to their friends. They're they showing their friends, "Oh, look at a picture of this girl. Look at a picture of that girl." Like this is what guys do. I'm not saying all guys do this, but some of them do do it. So you have to yeah. be careful what you're sending, what information you're you're putting out there. Yeah, you never absolutely. know where it may end up. Yes. And I think that's a perfectly acceptable boundary to set. I also will say the best boundaries are flexible and not rigid. So early in your relationship, you might say, I'm not comfortable sending you that kind of picture. But now that we've been married for two years, when my husband goes to a jujitsu tournament, I might send him one of those pictures. You know, I trust. And that is simply my relationship with my husband. Could he still share it with his friend? Yep. Could he, he still wouldn't. post it he on the internet? Yep. I don't but I he know him and he wouldn't. So wouldn't. yeah, so boundaries can be flex- flexible and contextual according to the relationship and where you are. Mm-hmm. Melissa, setting a boundary and sharing this is one thing, but then holding them strong is another thing. What strategies can you use to hold these in place? The first rule of parenting that I ever learned was never to impose a consequence that I was not willing to enforce. And the same goes with boundaries. You can only set a boundary for yourself, but before you set it, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to actually hold this? So if you set a boundary that if this person disrespects my request to practice safe sex, then I am ending the relationship, then you have to be willing to end the relationship if you get faced with that pushback. There are certainly some strategies to make holding boundaries easier, especially in the face of pushback, but I think the most important thing to remember 
is don't set a boundary that you aren't willing to enforce yourself. Well, they can always get a copy of your book and we'll let you know more about that after this. We're going to take one last quick break and we'll be back with some more boundary setting tips with Melissa. We'll be back. Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca with uh, Melissa Urban tonight, finishing off our chat on the importance of boundaries in relationships. Uh, dating, again, after being in a situation where your boundaries were crossed can be so, so hard. And it's, it's hard to open yourself up and allow other people to trust um, or open yourself up to trust other people again, when you weren't being respected. What, like, what can you learn from this? And what can you do to prevent it from happening again, Melissa? Yeah, I mean, I've been in this situation, I was in this situation, um, where my boundaries were grossly disrespected. And it really did a number on me and made it hard for me to date again after my divorce. I think the most important thing to remember is that when someone disregards or disrespects your boundary, or is simply unwilling to respect or unable to respect your limit. It's not about you. You cannot take it personally. It does not mean that your limit was unreasonable. It does not mean that you were asking too much. It does not mean that you were being selfish, even though they might've told you all of those things. If your limit truly came from the self and was designed to keep you safe and healthy, and you could demonstrate how this limit would actually improve your relationship and the other person just can't or won't respect it, that is not about you. That speaks only to them, their capacity, their willingness, their behavior. I also think that therapy can be super helpful here. I had to go back and really unpack all of the ways that my ex-husband you know, did a number on me. Let's just put it that way. And I had to remember when I started dating again, that I owed it to myself and my new partner to show up in the relationship without carrying that baggage and that mistrust and to really give him an effort to show me who he was. And I found therapeutic practices to be super helpful there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're in a relationship, um, people may not realize that they're overstepping boundaries. If you haven't communicated uh, those boundaries early on. And that's why, again, it's so important to have those conversations when you first start dating someone. So things are clear, but Melissa, things are going to pop up when you're in a relationship. What may have not been a boundary before may now be a boundary now. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's where, again, the idea of flexible boundaries comes in. So once you've set a boundary, it's not like that's the limit that exists for the two of you forever until the end of time. Your relationship changes, you change, your context changes. It's important to keep those lines of communication open and to make sure that you're taking responsibility for your own feelings and needs and communicating that clearly to your partner so your partner doesn't have to read your mind. I love it. And so we've chatted a lot about setting boundaries in romantic relationships, but what about other scenarios like boundaries with family members, friends? Do you have tips for setting uh, these in everyday life? Oh yeah. There are all kinds of categories in which boundaries can be super helpful. Yeah. You might want to set boundaries at work with bosses and coworkers around protecting your personal time or your values or your space. You might want to set boundaries with family members and, you know, especially with parents and in-laws those boundaries can actually go a long way towards improving your relationship with your romantic partner. Because if your mother-in-law has been trying to get between the two of you, you know, from the beginning of time, it can be really challenging to feel like you have 
an equitable partnership and trust in your partner. So setting boundaries there can be really helpful. And I think some of the most important boundaries we can set are boundaries with ourselves to make sure that our own behaviors aren't draining our energy or contributing to stress or you know depleting our wallets. So I think self-boundaries is an often overlooked but really powerful category. I love when you mentioned the one with the uh, mother-in-law, because that's the one that came to my mind, <laughs> setting those boundaries. Uh, how about you can set boundaries with the ex too? Absolutely. Um, when you share kids with them, there are a lot of boundaries there that you can set as well. Yes. I think it's really important to have healthy boundaries with a co-parent such that your relationship functions as smoothly as possible for the sake of the kid or children. Yeah. And so why do you think it's so difficult sometimes to, to define and set boundaries sometimes? Sometimes I, I, I find that they're easy to set and others, not so much. Yeah, I think it depends. You know, some people feel very comfortable advocating for themselves at work. They go in, they put their work persona on and they feel comfortable and confident advocating for their own limits. But when they get around their parents, they all of a sudden feel like kids again. And it feels like you're really stuck in that kid parent dynamic. For other people, romantic relationships can be really hard to set boundaries in. Maybe they have trauma or you know learned experiences or lived experience that make it hard to advocate for themselves with a romantic partner. So I think every engagement or every interaction is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned setting boundaries for ourselves to follow. Do you want to give us an example or some examples and what would this look like? Yeah. The most impactful boundary I've ever set with myself is that I do not look at my phone in the morning before I am done with my morning routine. (gasps) Melissa, how do you do that? I think that's the first thing that I I reach for is my freaking phone. Well, first of all, that's where my alarm is and that's where my time is. So I look at that and then I lay in bed and I go Uh through my emails. (laughs) I know. I'm just curious as to why you set that boundary for yourself. Because if I pick up my phone right away, I am not in control of how my day starts. I am now sucked into email and whatever news that may bring, good or bad. I'm sucked into social media. I may end up scrolling longer than I want to. It makes me feel reactive instead of proactive. I might spend so much time that I don't have time to do my workout or my meditation or eat breakfast with my son. And that can spill over into the rest of my day, my mood, my focus, my productivity. So what I've started to do is I just don't charge my phone in the bedroom anymore. If it's not in the bedroom, I can't just automatically roll over and pick it up. And that's what I call. But what if there's an emergency? Well, I mean, okay. If there's an emergency, my phone is charging out. Somebody breaking into your house and you need to call 911. (laughs) These are the things that I think about, but I've thought about actually leaving my phone in another room because you're right, Melissa. It's, It's happened so many times where I've woken up and I get some sort of nasty email or something. And I'm right. it sets the tone for the entire day. And now I'm breathing heavy. And it does. Why did I open that email up first thing in the morning? I should have had a coffee. Should have went for my walk. You're right. Meditation sometimes, although I meditate at night, but, but yeah, I think boundaries with yourself are like an instant boost. If you want to, if you're like, okay, how do I reclaim just like some of my energy, some of my capacity, some of my mental health, some of my time right now, Thinking about setting a boundary with yourself around times of day or certain situations that feel the most stressful can be like an instant reclaim of all of those factors. It can be so powerful. Mm -hmm. You can set boundaries too when it comes to your health. If you're trying to lose weight, like for myself, like I try not to eat carbs and anything high in sugar throughout the week. But then on the weekends, I'm like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to eat what I want, right? I was was good all week. That's setting a boundary, isn't it, Melissa? Yeah. And again, boundaries are flexible. So I you know, don't roll over and look at my phone first thing in the morning. But if I know that 
I don't know, my sister's about to have a baby. I might want to charge my phone in my room that night so that if she sends the message in the middle of the night, I'll get it right away. So yes, continually important to check in with yourself and ask yourself, do I still need a limit here? And is this the specific limit that I need? Okay. And tell us a little bit more about your book and how people can find it and all of that. Yeah. The Book of Boundaries is out now. It's available wherever books are sold. And you can come to my website at melissau.com or my Instagram feed at melissau to learn more about me and the book. And guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. Boundaries are so important, okay? They are important for dating, relationships, but they're also important for life in general, especially when it comes to, again, your personal relationships. So set them early and stick with them. If you want to keep the conversation going with myself, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at official Laura Bellotta. Uh, also, you can uh, check out singleinthecity.ca if you're looking for love in the GTA. And we are also expanding across Canada. So if you think you have what it takes to be an event organizer or host for Single in the City, please reach out to me again uh, at official Laura Bellotta on Instagram or TikTok. And thank you so much, guys. And we'll see you next week. Ciao for now.